Today is March 22nd, 2021, and our first story, the stars must be aligned because Donald Trump and CNN seem to actually agree on something. Both Trump and CNN have criticized the Biden administration for a gag order on border agents, preventing the press from getting access to these migrant detention facilities and from learning about what's going on at the border. Our next story, CNN now being accused of running a staged video or maybe even going along with a staged border crossing by a coyote smuggler in exchange for ratings. Many activists are pointing out very strange goings on with this video that make it seem like it's not real. Perhaps this border crossing was staged by right wing groups, they say, in order to drum up support for more border security. But if that was the case, why would CNN be in on it? Maybe because without Donald Trump, their ratings are collapsing, or maybe there's a much simpler solution. It was just a border crossing. It was an illegal smuggling of migrants across the border because those do happen. And our last story, the woke are facing a backfiring on themselves. For the longest time, they claimed that Asians were very privileged, in fact, much more privileged than white people. Many made disparaging comments about Asians. And now that the Stop Asian Hate movement is gaining traction, some of these people are actually going to lose their jobs or already have for disparaging comments they've made about Asians in the past. Before we get started, leave us a good review if you like this podcast. Five stars, a good comment if you think we deserve it. And let's get into that first story. Now's the time to make a wish, buy a lottery ticket, or start praying and preparing for the end of days because the stars have aligned, my friends. Donald Trump, a Democrat, and CNN seem to be in agreement directing criticism at the Biden administration over the escalating crisis and the failure to deal with it. During the Donald Trump administration, he got the number of migrants coming in the southern border under control. Right now, it is wildly out of control, with the latest report being that ICE is buying hotel rooms. Apparently, what are they spending? Like $86 million, an $86 million contract to buy hotel rooms near the border for migrants. It is so bad that you have, quote, it's a breach of national security not seen before in modern history, says Democrat Texas mayor. You have CNN CNN joins other networks criticizing Biden for denying press access to border operations and a statement from Donald Trump where he says the Mayorkas gag order on our nation's heroic border agents and ICE officers should be the subject of an immediate congressional investigation. But it's clear they are engaged in a huge cover up to hide just how bad things truly are. My friends, I would like to make it very simple for you. Donald Trump. And CNN agree. <laughs> That's it. It's over. How is this happening? CNN is supposed to be the orange man bad network. We know that, right? But perhaps they're just the contrarian network. They're always trying to find a villain or boogeyman that's going to rile people up and make them money through rage clicks. When Donald Trump was president, it was Trump. And now that Trump is not president, they can't blame Trump. So it seems like they're starting to go after Biden. I'll tell you, man. It is. Uh, I welcome it. Should that be the case? Because Biden is worthy of criticism. I think they went over the top with Donald Trump. Of course, Trump is worthy of a lot of criticism, but it was so over the top. It was just bonkers. It was just nuts. 
Then they do. They, they say nothing about Democrats. Well, now I think we are seeing that well, Democrats are going to be fair game as well. The first thing we should look at is what they're doing with this $86 million contract, because this is insane. The crisis has gotten so bad. I think they're dealing with like a thousand plus per day or more. February, 100,000 migrants. There's an interview apparently that came out where one illegal immigrant said the only reason they came was because Joe Biden basically opened the door and they would have never have tried this under Trump because Trump was not letting people in. Let's take a look at the story and then we'll take a look at how the, there's a Democrat mayor saying it's the greatest national security threat we've ever, we, we've not seen in a long time. We, we've seen in a long time. Axios reports the Biden administration has awarded an $86 million contract for hotel rooms near the border to hold around 1,200 migrant family members who cross the U.S.-Mexico border, DHS officials confirmed to Axios. It's a sign of growing numbers of migrant families trying to come to the U.S., in addition to already overwhelming to an already overwhelming number of kids crossing the border without their parents or legal guardians. Both trends appear to be straining government resources. The contract through Endeavors, a Texas-based nonprofit, is for six months, but could be extended and expanded. The hotels will be, will be near border areas, including in Arizona and Texas. ICE oversees the custody of migrant adults and families who cross the border illegally after they are apprehended by Border Patrol agents. The agency is already transforming its family detention centers into rapid processing centers with the goal of releasing families within 72 hours. This is probably the worst border crisis we've ever seen. Here's what's happening. Under Donald Trump, with the build the wall stuff, with the with the remain in Mexico policies, Many migrants stopped trying to go on these dangerous journeys to make it here. But when Joe Biden set a moratorium on deportation in the first hundred days, which he did not win, by the way, many saw an opportunity to come in now that Trump was gone and they've started to come in large numbers. There's no way for us to deal with this. For the Democrats who are desperate to appease the progressives, they're under fire because they have child migrant detention facilities. Kids in cages. That's what they called it. What are they supposed to do now? Well, they have to put the kids somewhere. They can't just have kids wandering the desert and dying. So much like under Donald Trump, I don't think it's wrong to take kids and be like, we got to do they're better off here than out in the middle of nowhere. But Biden can't handle the heat as more and more migrants start flooding in. He's desperate. The Democrats are getting angry. Now he's spending $86 million on hotels. Think about that. You enter the country illegally. They'll put you up in a hotel room. Think about this. They say they want to release families within 72 hours. Every single thing he is doing is going to make this worse. Yeah. See, more people are now going to see, hey, I get a hotel within three days. I'm in the U.S. Done. And they're going to start coming in larger and larger numbers. We've already got reports of um, more migrant caravans on their way. Mexico is doing everything they can. Well, they say they're doing everything they can to try and stop these Guatemalan and Honduran mi migrants coming through their border. But we saw this play out during the Trump administration. Th at, the southern, at, at the southern Mexico border, migrants in these caravans were rushing past the Mexican, Mexican law enforcement and border control. So I, 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 I got to say, so long as Joe Biden keeps saying we're going to pay for everything and you'll be out in three days, even if you have covid, because there was 108 covid positive patients. This is this is wow. I mean, Joe Biden is po quite possibly 
Uh, well, yeah, I, 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 I'll just it's, it's early in his administration, so we'll see how this plays out. But let me just say you can't travel. COVID lockdown is, re, is, is resulting in people being unable to travel. But Joe Biden is seemingly doing everything in his power to incentivize more people to come. So much so that Trump and CNN are critical of his, the administration's response. Check this out. It's a breach of national security not seen before in modern history. Democrat Texas mayor slams Biden for doing nothing about immigration disaster that's left his small town swamped by 150 migrants per day. They say Bruno Lozano, the Democrat mayor of Del Rio, 150 miles west of San Antonio, said that he was pleading with Washington, D.C. to help his town. He said his town of 35,000 people currently sees 150 migrants arriving a day, but they do not have the resources to cope. Quote, you have a breach of national security levels that you have never before seen in modern history. And you're not even batting an eye about it. You're not even calling it a crisis. You're calling it a quote unquote challenge. He told the New York Post, it's a slap in the face. Remarkable. This is crazy. Lozano, 38, said he'd been trying since February to get Biden's attention. Shortly before the winter storm hit last month, he sent a video to Biden asking that migrants be prevented from resettling in his community because he did not have the resources necessary. Mr. President, my name is Bruno Lozano, mayor of the city of Del Rio, Texas, and I am pleading and requesting with you to please put a halt to any measures regarding the release of immigrants awaiting court dates into the city of Del Rio and surrounding areas, he said, with footage of empty store shelves and grocery store lines in the background. We do not have the resources available to house and accommodate these migrants within our community. If you do send these individuals into our community, we'll be forced to make a decision to leave them without resources under these dire circumstances. I am asking to please stop. Please make another plan for this federal issue. It's not it's not going to happen. This is a disaster, my friends. The Biden administration is currently struggling to cope with the surge in migrant arrivals. Of particular concern are the number of unaccompanied children. Border Patrol apprehended 561 lone minors across the U.S.-Mexico border on March 15th, up from a daily average of 332 per day in February. On a March 18th call, senior Biden administration officials told reporters that about 14,000 migrant children who had arrived without a parent or guardian were in U.S. government custody. Biden on Sunday addressed the issue as he returned to the White House from Camp David from the Camp David presidential retreat and said he would visit the border region at some point, although he gave no specific timetable. When asked what more could be done to convince migrant families to stop coming across the border, Biden told reporters, quote, a lot more. We are in the process of doing it now, including making sure we reestablish what existed before, which is they can stay in place and make their case from their home countries. Oh, it's almost like Joe Biden wants to embrace Donald Trump's policies. The number of unaccompanied migrant children in U.S. custody surpassed 15,000 as of Saturday. Nearly 1,000 children have reportedly been, reportedly been held by agents for more than 10 days. Biden's team have claimed that Trump bears responsibility for the crush of people at the border because the former president dismantled much of the system that was in place to process asylum requests. Now, because much of the apparatus to process asylum seekers has been done away with, there's a crush of people at the border and not enough infrastructure in place to process them, they say. Lozano said the Biden administration was simply shifting the blame. Quote, I'm not trying to demonize the humanitarian aspect by any means, but my responsibility is to the city of Del Rio and the residents of Del Rio, Texas. My responsibilities are to the American people that got me elected. Nobody wants to actually tackle the issue. You're condoning unlawful behavior, period. There's a lawful way to enter the U.S., 
There's a lawful way to seek asylum, and it just undermines the entire immigration process. That is Joe Biden's plan. Lozano told the Post he was angry that his town's budget had to be spent on what he saw as a federal problem. It's not even in our budget. Every line item is accounted for in municipal government. We are very fine. We are very fine tuned in budget. It's not appropriate. It just blows my mind how disconnected from reality they are. Or maybe they do know. Maybe they just don't want to call a spade a spade because it's uncomfortable. The mayor said that migrants were brought to the Val Verde border humanitarian coalition where they have access to services before boarding flights and buses out of town. If they cannot move on, the town needs to find a place for them to sleep. That's when the logistical nightmare begins. Where are they going to sleep for the night? That's the number I worry about each day. Sometimes migrants get released after hours and there's nowhere to put them. I can't use the Civic Center because I'm using that for COVID vaccines. (laughs) Joe Biden, what are you doing? Oh, wow, man. Ladies and gentlemen, a statement from former President Donald Trump that I'm going to read to you in its entirety. It's not particularly long. And now I want to get to the uh, uh, what I think is the most shocking sign that Joe Biden is failing. CNN and Trump agreeing on something. Yikes. Before I read this, I'll say I've been speculating about the possibility that Joe Biden does such a miserable job as president fails that we end up seeing a Trump or a DeSantis in 2024, a a very, very heavy swing. So throughout Trump's term, there were a lot of signs he was doing really well and was looking at reelection, notably Moody's analytics, which said so long as the economy remains strong, Trump will be reelected and Democrats will need a historic turnout in order to win. Surprisingly, even though the economy took a massive downturn, downturn due to COVID, the Democrats still required a historic turnout to win. Donald Trump was at 74.2 million votes. Were it not for the historic turnout for Joe Biden, Trump would have won. Is it possible then, and it may be, that come 2024, Donald Trump may run again, we don't know, but you will have all of this historic vote lost for two reasons. Joe, Joe Biden's failure as a president, which, again, it's very early. He may actually end up doing really, really well. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, there's a lot of variables between now and then. But if, if Joe Biden is doing this bad now and he ends up doing worse later, could people lose confidence in Joe Biden? Or is it likely that Joe Biden's not going to be able to run for a second term anyway? He's just too old. In which case, Kamala Harris, who is wildly unpopular, just does not have what it takes to win again. We go through these four years of tumult and then we end up with a DeSantis. Maybe, maybe not. But here's the thing. There's, there, it, it often swings Democrat, Republican for a few reasons. Right now, you have the Democrats in power. If they can't do it right, the Republicans get to say, see, look what the Democrats did. It's the Democrats fault. And then people are going to go, yeah, yeah, because the Democrats are in power and then they're going to vote Republican. It's a stupid system. Don't get me wrong. But that's a good reason to suspect that right now it's looking good for Republicans moving forward. Donald Trump issued this statement. He said, we proudly handed the Biden administration the most secure border in history. All they had to do was keep the smooth running system on autopilot. Instead, in the span of just a few weeks, the Biden administration has turned a national triumph into a national disaster. They are in they they are in way over their heads and taking on water fast. The pathetic, clueless performance of Secretary Mayorkas on the Sunday shows today was a national disgrace. His self-satisfied presentation in the middle of the massive crisis he helped engineer is yet more proof he is incapable of leading DHS. Even someone of Mayorkas's limited abilities should understand that if you provide catch and release to the world's illegal aliens, then the whole world will come. 
Furthermore, the Mayorkas gag order on our nation's heroic border agents and ICE officers should be the subject of an immediate congressional investigation. But it's clear they're engaged in a huge cover up to hide just how bad things truly are. The only way to end the Biden border crisis is for them to admit their total failure and adopt the profoundly affected proven Trump policies, which it seems like they actually are in some circumstances. They must immediately complete the wall, which can be done in a matter of weeks. They should never have stopped it. They are causing death and human tragedy. In addition to the obvious, uh, obvious drugs are pouring into our country at record levels from the southern border, not to mention human trafficking. This administration's reckless policies are enabling and encouraging crimes against humanity. Our country is being destroyed in a shocking twist that nobody saw coming. CNN joins other networks criticizing Biden for denying press access to border operations. How is it? It's not just CNN. Donald Trump and the media are agreeing. (laughs) I think it just shows that much of the media's intent is rage bait content. Okay. Now, look, Donald Trump smacked down Joe Biden and and Mayorkas is self-satisfactory or whatever. It's like, come on. You know, I I read that and I'm like, Trump, you're the guy who wanted your name on the COVID checks. You're the guy who went up and said, we're doing a tremendous job. It's the best job. It's all you ever did. All right. Mayorkas is coming out saying he's doing a good job as well when he's not. If I'm going to criticize what he's doing, it's going to be for legitimate reasons. Now, here's the issue. During COVID, when Donald Trump was praising himself, we had no objective metric by which to compare Donald Trump. We had not dealt with the COVID pandemic before. Based on the numbers they projected, Trump seemed to have been doing a good job. How else could you describe it? I mean, even when I had Vosh on my show, we agreed on that point. There's no uh, there's no comparable metric. It's not happened before. So you either like Trump or you don't. With the border crisis, we do have an an objective metric by which to judge Joe Biden. And it's Donald Trump's presidency under Trump's policies, under his rhetoric. The amount of migrants coming in was slowing down. We still dealt with the crisis, mind you. And it is still early for Joe Biden. Maybe he can get a hold of this and actually prove Trump wrong. But for the time being, right now, based on what Trump had accomplished and had in place, Joe Biden is doing a bad job and more importantly, gagging the press. Fox News reports CNN's Pamela Brown examined the migrant surge and overwhelmed Border Patrol facilities in a segment over the weekend, telling viewers that as the situation at the U.S.-Mexico border gets worse, the media is being kept from it. TV commentator Tom Borelli noted the network's apparent shift in tone on Twitter, writing Sunday. So Joe Biden's border crisis is so bad, even CNN is criticizing his effort to hide the crisis from the media. Even MSNBC did. It was really funny. You had Jacob Sobroff who was like, we know that Joe Biden's committed to doing a good job to help migrants, but you got to let the press in. And it's just like he's trying to just dip his toes in the water a little bit like we, we, we're we not getting access. We have to say it, but we don't want to be mean to Joe Biden. OK, be mean to Trump all day and night. Fine. I don't care. But call out Joe Biden when you need to call out Joe Biden. My issue with the media is the lies, right? That's the point. Everybody knows that Donald Trump, there's things to criticize him for. But the media went, you know, the media turned it up to 11 on just everything. Trump could fart and they were like, it's the apocalypse. Trump, how dare he? Trump's salt shakers were too big. Joe Biden's got a migrant crisis on his hand. And they're like, well, now it's kind of bad. But, you know, Joe, just lay it on, man. I think what we might start seeing is a media that realizes Biden can be that villain. He can he, he can't be the same villain, but he can be the villain they need. 
He can be the guy who's screwing everything up. Or maybe this Mayorkas dude. So the Biden administration came under renewed fire of the weekend for denying access to the media to observe customs and border operations at the southern border. Award-winning photojournalist John Moore took to Twitter to lament the lack of transparency as a surge of migrants trying to enter the country has put a strain on resources. Quote, I respectfully ask U.S. Customs and Border Protection to stop blocking media access to their border operations, Moore tweeted Friday. I have photographed CBP under Bush, Obama, and Trump, but now zero access is granted to the media. These long lens images taken from the Mexican side. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki has been repeatedly questioned about media access to the Border Patrol facilities. Think about this. Even Donald Trump allowed the press. But Joe Biden's not. I'm going to say it. The only thing I can assume at this point, then Joe Biden, is that it is worse than we realize. Even under Trump, as bad as it was with the migrant caravans, with the kids in cages and all that rhetoric, Trump allowed the press access. Some despot, he could have just shut the press down, right? No, he let him come in. He let the press in. And there were tours of these facilities. You see, Trump really believed the truth would set him free, not realizing the media would just frame everything as the worst possible, you know, uh, reality to make Trump look bad. See, Joe Biden gets it. He knows that you've got to treat people like mushrooms, keep them in the dark and feed them waste. It's an old saying, right? Joe Biden knows that if you tell people the truth, they will they will then know the truth. And if the truth is bad, you're better off just covering it up. And that's why we end up with the media and Donald Trump in agreement. It's amazing, really. For all the press screamed about Donald Trump, he still gave them access. Not not to every single thing. You know, there was a period where he didn't have press conferences and they freaked out. Well, Joe Biden has not either. He's apparently going to have one soon, I guess. And the media isn't freaking out. Conservatives are. It's about time the media woke up and started criticizing a guy who is doing a bad job. Because when you have Democrat mayors coming out saying it, and you have Donald Trump saying it, you got Democrat and Republican, the media, it's okay. You can finally now admit it. Joe Biden is not good. Oh, no, no, no. I I know you helped prop him up with Silicon Valley blocking the news, with NPR saying, we don't report on on non-stories about Hunter Biden. And now that we all know it's true, and they were forced to report it, congratulations. Your guy won, and now you can come out and admit he's awful. That's what they're doing, right? I mean, I think it's gonna be really amazing over the next few years as these outlets continually criticize Joe Biden for his failures, assuming they do, assuming he fails. He has more failures. Again, I know it's still early. And then what do you think all these regular people are going to say when they're like, but dudes, you you told us to vote for him and now it's worse than ever. 2024 going to be lit. I don't know exactly what's going to happen because I think it's bold to try and make a a prediction three years out. I often say things like, here's what could happen, not here's what will happen for a reason. It is possible that Trump comes back 78 years old or whatever and wins in a landslide or something. Is it likely? Honestly, I wouldn't say it's likely simply because there's too many variables, but it's looking like DeSantis is doing really, really well. So for the time being, these are our prospects. I think people looking at this are probably souring and We'll see if the tribal cultists of, you know, the left are able to break through the matrix and realize what's happening, or if they'll just happily dote along because like with Obama, that's what they do. Obama blew, you know, it was dropping bombs on civilians and the anti-war left just kind of disappeared for a little bit. And that's right. That may be the case. And we'll see how it plays out in the next election. 
Perhaps it may lead to a swing in 2022. I'm not sure. Right now, Democrats have it. And with that power, there's a lot they can do to shut down the, the ability of conservatives to win, of the Republicans to win. So I guess we'll see. A lot can happen between now and then. But for the time being, it seems that hell is freezing over and the end of days may be near because uh, the media and Trump agree with each other. Hmm. <laughs> All right, I'll leave it there. Next segment segment is coming up later today on this channel, and I will see uh, at 1 p.m., and I will see you all then. The crisis on the southern border is quickly becoming the biggest story in the country as encounters with illegal immigrants by Border Patrol are increasing to record levels. Joe Biden is getting slammed by progressives for reopening child migrant detention centers. And now we have this clashing with another major story, the Trump slump. As Donald Trump leaves and is no longer on social media, ratings for all of these big news outlets is drying up like a sugar high. They milked it for all it was worth. They got a big speedy buzz from the stories about Trump they could pump out. But eventually, Trump was gone. Now their ratings are collapsing. And this brings us to the cross-section of these two stories. CNN is being accused of airing a staged migrant crossing at the Rio Grande, and maybe even worse than that, staging it themselves, potentially with the help of Border Patrol. Now, there's a lot of factors in this video. Activists are pointing out that the smugglers wearing a mask, they don't normally do that. They're crossing in broad daylight. They don't normally do that. And they're lining up single file to get on a boat with vests and masks. Again, activists point out they don't do this. CNN has lost nearly 50% of its ratings in the key demo since Donald Trump left. And now they run this segment. And this is where it gets really interesting. Activists warned CNN this appears to be fake footage and they ran the segment anyway. The most damning bit of evidence, according to these activists, is that the area they are in on the Rio Grande can only be accessed by Border Patrol. How then did CNN pull this off? Could it be that CNN has no regard for Joe Biden, the Democrats or Donald Trump, and their primary motivation is money? I think that's very, very likely. Now, we know that CNN was basically the orange man bad network for four plus years during Trump's campaign and then during his presidency. It's fair to say the principal motivating factor was making money and boosting their ratings. And after Donald Trump left office, we are seeing some strategic movements within the company. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see layoffs moving forward. MSNBC is taking a hit in their ratings. Everybody is taking a hit. But CNN recently came out and criticized the Biden administration for barring press access to to the border during this crisis. It was surprising to see CNN actually be critical of the Biden administration, but it's a sign that that CNN is basically testing the waters. They're trying to see, at least in my opinion, if they're going to get a positive reaction to running stories like this shock content of illegal immigration. And if they do, it will dramatically shift policy in this country because Joe Biden is already in a panic struggling to deal with the crisis. Today, Project Veritas and Axios released exclusive images from inside these child detention centers. And I got to tell you, it is as bad or worse as what we saw under Donald Trump. Now, of course, I understand there are reasons these facilities exist. They can't just have the kids wandering around. But for all the criticism the left and the media threw at Trump, 
we are now basically seeing the same level of the same kind of detention that we saw under Trump. The media will have no choice but to report this. It'll be interesting to see how they handle this. Will they run exaggerated claims, smearing and defaming the Democrats? I got to be honest. I'm not entirely convinced they will. But if they do, I wouldn't be surprised because it may just be that these are corporate news outlets that care only for shock content. And they're currently searching for their new villain. CNN tried Marjorie Taylor Greene. That didn't work. They then tried Tucker Carlson. That's also probably not going to work. What if it's Joe Biden? What if the Biden administration can become that villain? I know many of us would be surprised because we assume CNN is biased in favor of liberals. But that may be true. But in their desperation for a villain, they may have only one choice. They may not go directly after Joe Biden himself, though they have criticized him to a certain degree. They'll go after the institutions of the federal government, which will reflect poorly on Joe Biden. Otherwise, their ratings are going to tank. And even now, the Washington Post has published a piece saying, yep, Trump was right. Without him, we are hurting. Let's take a look at this story and this accusation against CNN about the staged migrant crossing of the Rio Grande, because I got to say, it's a compelling case, and it really does seem like CNN is fake news. How many of you uh, are like, yeah, okay, what else is new? But we'll read this. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get access to exclusive members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast with a ton of amazing guests like Kurt Schlichter, Colonel Alan West, Jack Murphy, Kim Iverson, Scott Scott Presley, Pressler, sorry, Scott, Scott Pressler, Cassandra Fairbanks, when you become a member, you're helping to support this show as well as TimCast IRL in the event that we get banned, and you'll get access to this really great content. So go check it out. Also, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Let's read this story from, um, from the prospect.org. Now, mind you, this is a liberal quarterly publication, and they're presenting a really interesting accusation against CNN. They, they, they report Did CNN air a staged migrant crossing of the Rio Grande? An unusual video has been flagged by activists as deliberately manufactured to present a story of a border crisis, possibly with the participation of the Border Patrol. I've read through this. It's a compelling case. And I got to be honest, I, I personally believe, based on what I read, that CNN did stage this. They're desperate for ratings. They wanted that shock content of like, look, we're on the river in broad daylight and there's a man wearing a balaclava in a boat. I don't believe it. I believe the activists, to be honest. Check it out. The scene starts out serenely as CNN national correspondent Ed Lavandera and crew motor by boat down the Rio Grande near the city of Hidalgo, Texas, as the sun sets. But soon the idyllic setting gives way. Quote, That's when we stumble across a group of migrants loading into a raft, Lavandera says in the clip. He's heard speaking with the migrants in Spanish to ease the tension. In the video shot on March 11th and aired the next day, a group of migrants, including children, board a tiny raft and are led across by a man in a black ski mask and camouflage clothing. The migrants wear clean looking surgical masks and life vests. Quote, the Rio Grande Valley has been ground zero for the latest surge in migration. And here you see the operation unfolding right in front of us, said Lavandera. After the first raft crosses, the magnitude of this moment reveals itself. Dozens of migrants emerge and walk down to the river's edge. You can see that this is a serious operation. He narrates what he describes as a highly organized system, with the raft taking at least six trips across the river. 
Scenes like this are escalating in the Rio Grande Valley, Lavandera says. But the scene may not be all that it appears to be. Immigrant rights advocates and others claim that the footage was staged, potentially with the cooperation of the Border Patrol. CNN was warned that the clip appeared to be a fabrication before it aired, but the network decided to run it anyway. A similar clip that appears to show the same or similar trafficking incident from another angle was shared across right wing media and even linked to on social media accounts of members of Congress. This clip went viral among immigration opponents and is helping to fuel the story of an out of control border. The video legitimized, legitimized on mainstream media easily fit into that narrative. Now a series of charges and counter charges have demonstrated the radioactive politics of immigration. The scene appears to be just a preview of what's to come. Yesterday's Sunday show centered on the border, fueling a crisis narrative as the administration continued to double down on its border is closed messaging. In the CNN footage, the smuggler leading the boat wears fatigues and a black ski mask. Smugglers typically attempt to blend in with migrants to avoid more severe punishment should they be caught. Smugglers also don't normally provide face masks and life vests, nor ferry six boatloads of people across in broad daylight. Migrants also don't typically line up single file along the shore to cross. I got to stop and say, listen, this is a liberal publication, critical of right wing media showing this footage, but I think they're right. I have covered a ton of stories pertaining to migrant border crossings, refugee crisis in, in Europe, even. This is true. They, the, they don't do this. I've, I've not seen, in my experience, people with like ski masks stereotypically looking like smugglers engaging in this behavior. Now, it's possible with the Biden administration coming in and his particularly weak position on the border, new amateurish smugglers who have no idea what they're doing are coming forward. But let's just ask one very simple question. What smuggler in their right mind would boat across six times in full view of CNN cameras, I guess, unless they're so confident Joe Biden will not do anything about it. They just don't care. And that may be the case. I also would not put it past CNN staging the whole thing or at least knowing it was staged. Listen, when Roger Stone got arrested at his house, CNN was waiting out front when the feds swarmed in and arrested a 60 year old man on a process crime. Everybody was like, OK, well, CNN got, you know, they, they got the heads up. It's entirely possible that Border Patrol knew about this. CNN was given the heads up, came and filmed it. Now, here's what I question. When the activists pointed this out to CNN, did CNN bother fact checking this? Did they scrutinize it at all? Apparently they didn't. And they aired it the next day. It could be simple. This is real. Could very well be a legitimate border crossing by legitimate traffickers who are getting into the business now with the opportunity. It's gonna, I'm, I'm gonna leave it up to you to figure out what you think it is. I certainly think the argument is compelling because CNN's ratings are in the gutter, but let's read a little bit more. Here's what they say. To Jen Budd, the, a former Border Patrol agent, the smuggler's face mask rang alarm bells. Quote, that told me the smuggler knew he would be filmed and he didn't want to be set up, she said. Mariana Trevino, right, executive director of the National Butterfly Center, pointed out that her organization goes out on the river at least four times a week and never sees any kind of traffic trafficking operation like this. The Guardian reported that the area of the river where the footage was taken can only be accessed by U.S. Customs and Border Protection controlled boat slips. 
Wright confirmed this to the prospect. Wright added that a video like this is normally only distributed in right-wing media, not mainstream outlets like CNN. They got smarter this time, she said. They either duped Ed Lavandera into doing this, or he's so desperate for ratings he went along with it. Or he was actively involved. Come on, prospect. It's, 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 it's amazing how they're starting to wake up to the depravity of the media. You see, in the Trump era, the media was more than happy to scream orange man bad. But now that the ratings are in the gutter and they're facing the collapse of their institutions, they will do whatever it takes. This is not the first time CNN has been accused of running fake news. In fact, CNN runs fake news all the time. In my opinion, (laughs) I'm going to say that for um, legal reasons, but I personally genuinely believe CNN runs fake stories all the time. And there are a few examples we've seen. I mean, look, maybe it's just their opinion pieces are falsely framed. I can't speak to whether or not many of these stories are true. So I'll just put it this way. CNN's accused often by many, many people all the time of running fake stories. I'll give you an example of what I mean by fake news. The ratings for every outlet is down dramatically. Yet Brian Stelter, I believe it was Stelter, writes for CNN that Newsmax ratings are down, omitting that CNN's ratings are down probably more than Newsmax. Why would they omit that? Because they want the narrative to be that the right is falling apart without Trump. Actually, it's CNN that's falling, falling apart without Trump. So that's what I mean by fake news. That's how they do it. Now, of course, this is basically saying they ran literal fake news. What I mean to say, typically what they'll do is they'll omit key information to create a false framing so that you will make incorrect observations or assumptions based on what they report. That's the name of the game. It's how they push their narrative. It's how people like Brian Stelter can go on his show on Sundays and say Tucker Carlson is the new Donald Trump. It's an absurd framing that's meaningless, but they need their villain. Check this out. They say, Another video appears to show the same or similar scene filmed by Jason Jones of Tripwires and Triggers, a right wing media site that covers the border. The footage has been viewed thousands of times on social media and has been covered by the Daily Mail, the Epic Times, Breitbart and others. Taken from the north shore of the river, the vertical phone footage shows migrants arriving through the trees on the American side of the river. The boat in this video and the boat in the CNN footage have the same markings. And the same ski mask fatigues, the same ski masked fatigues wearing man who appears to be steering the boat. It's unclear if the two videos were taken at the same time on March 11th, but it's also unclear how long CNN was on the river to get the shot. It likely took hours to ferry the dozens of migrants across the river. As the migrants disembark, the men behind the camera are greeting them cordially in Spanish and laughing. In this tweet from Jen Budd, left CNN went out on 5-11, right Rep Cooler posts Jason Jones video the same day, same smuggler, same boat on 5-11. It really looks this is where it gets crazy. CNN had the professional video footage of the same guy in the same boat with the same clothes on as someone who filmed it on their phone. I just kind of feel like that's really, really strange. Look at this. They say left CNN, right. Jason Jones, quote, if you're crossing people and cross 10 people, you're begging to be caught by Border Patrol, said Felicia Rangel. Sam Panaro, a volunteer who works with the asylum seekers along the border. No one is stupid enough to go back and forth in the back and forth in the video. They said they did that six times. I can't imagine any coyote willing to risk their freedom like that. From my experience, I've never heard of anything like that or seen anything like that. At one point in the footage from the shore, the men behind the camera have a conversation. One person says to the other, do you ever hook these guys up? Another person responds, yeah, two or three of them. They're grade A. 
In her Medium post, Bud wrote, as a former agent, what I hear is these men possibly talking about paying the smuggler off to gather a bunch of unsuspecting migrants and then and have them cross in a particular place in order to get this shot. Basically saying they staged this. Later in the conversation, one of the men says, oh, yeah, they're 26s, referring to a section of the U.S. code on reentry of people who entered illegally. In this case, it likely means the group includes migrants who were expelled or deported and are trying again. A growing phenomenon under the under the Title 42 health order, which expels migrants and asylum seekers. A third video taken from the same boat CNN filmed from and showing the same trafficking incident was shared by Texas GOP chair Alan West on March 12th. So we are just watching this happen. This is utterly disturbing. We had be- we had better border security in freaking Afghanistan, West wrote. The video is more than 90,000 views. I find this particularly interesting for a few reasons. Henry Culler, one of the people who posted this, he's a Democrat. Over on Wikipedia, we can clearly see Henry Culler, House of Representatives, Democratic Party. He shared the same video. I can't tell you what's happening, but I don't trust CNN. So it's very interesting to see many conservatives sharing this video, probably assuming it's real on good faith. But think about what we have right now. Now we're going to get into dangerous territory, I guess, criticizing every aspect of the media. Conservatives and members on the right were sharing cell phone footage of this, saying, look what's happening. On the left, they had CNN doing it. The two vectors by which both factions sort of get their news. Maybe I'm going to get in trouble for pointing this out because something seems fishy. But if you want many conservatives to believe something, give them the authentic source material and say, here's the actual footage of it. Don't give them the mainstream media narrative because they don't trust the mainstream media. As for the Democrats, it's inverted. Give them the official mainstream media narrative, not some cell phone footage. And you have a perfect narrative being formed. I can't tell you what's happening or why. I honestly don't know if it's staged. It could just be very simple. It's legit. It was caught by CNN. It was caught by some conservatives. It is legit. And I think it's fair to point point out it's probably the simple solution. I got to be honest. Some conspiracy about them doing this probably is juicy to th- you know think about and criticize CNN. But the reality is we are facing a border crisis. Joe Biden, his admin is accused of using COVID to keep out media from their border facilities. And even CNN has joined other networks criticizing Biden for denying press access to border operations. But I have to say, if this is real, it's fascinating to see CNN turning now on the Democrats. Maybe they were never necessarily on the side of Democrats. Maybe they just use Donald Trump as the villain to generate ratings. But that seems to be the most likely narrative. And it's the only thing I can really tell you. Let's break it all down and make it very simple. Conservatives and Democrats alike sharing similar footage, CNN airing the same footage. I really doubt a bunch of right wingers and left wingers and Democrats all came together and were high fiving and cheering and staging this. It may just be that this is real. I wouldn't put it past CNN staging something. But when you have people on the right who are filming similar things, these are groups that typically don't get along. The bigger question then is, why would CNN start airing something like that? And it's simple. Their ratings are in the gutter and they've become desperate and they'll go after anyone they can in order to get those ratings back. From the Washington Post, Trump predicted news ratings would tank. If I'm not there, he wasn't wrong. Washington Post, say these words with me. It's not hard. Say, okay, we're going to try this. All of you at home, I want you to try this as well. You ready? Trump was right. Now, was that so hard to do? 
Apparently for these people in media, it's extremely difficult and they probably can't, they probably have like a, a physical inability to say those words. Trump was wrong. Can't do it. Can't say it. He's not wrong. Okay. No, Trump was right. Their ratings are collapsing. Well, there's good news. Donald Trump has announced he's going to be launching some kind of social media network. It'll probably do really, really well. And then they'll have their boogeyman, I guess, to write about again. For the Washington Post, Paul Farhey writes, of all Donald Trump's prophecies and predictions, that Mexico would pay for a border wall, that COVID would spontaneously disappear, that he would be easily reelected, at least one wasn't entirely wrong. Quote, newspapers, television, all forms of media will tank if I'm not there, he argued in, he, he augured, sorry, in 2017. Because without me, their ratings are going down the tubes. It reminds me of that song by Eminem, you know, Without Me. Because uh, we need a little controversy. It feels so empty without me. You know that song? It's basically Donald Trump. We need a Donald Trump version of that. There's a guy who auto, he takes clips of Trump saying things. You need, you, we need Trump rapping that song because he's not wrong. They write, barely two months into the post-Trump era, news outlets are indeed losing much of the audience and readership they gained during his chaotic presidency. In other words, journalism's Trump bump may be going away to a slump. After a record-setting January, traffic to the nation's most popular mainstream news sites, including the Washington Post, plummeted in February. According to the audience-tracking firm Comscore, the top sites were also generally doing worse than in February of last year, when the pandemic became a major international news story. The Post, for example, saw the number of unique visitors fall 26% from January to February and 7% from a year ago. The New York Times lost 17% compared with January and 16% over last February. The story is largely the same for cable and broadcast news. Audiences grew during that pandemic last spring and summer, remained high in the fall as Trump tried to fight his electoral defeat with false claims of voter fraud, and swelled in the first few weeks of 2021 when a mob attacked the Capitol. Now that Joe Biden is in the White House and Trump has essentially disappeared from the news cycle, many of those viewers are drifting away. The most deeply affected network is CNN. You see this? It's why I bring up the Newsmax thing. It's true that Newsmax lost a ton of its viewership when every, you know, when the election's over. But CNN seems to be doing the worst. Farhi writes, after surpassing rivals Fox News and MSNBC in January, the network has lost 45% of its primetime audience in the past five weeks. According to Nielsen Media Research, MSNBC's audience has dropped 26% in the same period. Fox News, the most Trump-friendly of the three networks in its primetime opinion shows, has essentially regained its leading position by standing still. Its ratings have fallen just 6% since the first weeks of the year. The cable networks declined to discuss their ratings outlook for this article. It's unlikely that media executives expected the furious demand for news in 2020 and early 2021 would last indefinitely. That period was one of the most momentous in living history, encompassing the onset of a pandemic the nearly instantaneous collapse of national and global economies, a wave of racial justice protests, <clears throat> riots, and a U.S. presidential election that culminated in an insurrection and impeachment trial. All of it drove people to their TVs, laptops, and phones in horror and fascination. But let me go back to what Paul said about CNN. And that's my point. CNN right now is being accused of staging the news. Could it be that's literally what they did because they are those most hurt by this? As I stated earlier, my opinion is I really do think so. I really do. It's tough, though. I'm not a psychic. I can't read people's minds. And so it really does feel like the optimism bias falls in 
there's probably just a border crisis. I mean, that's the real. I'm sorry. I'm sure most of you would want to believe that CNN just fabricates all these things. The reality is it's just easier to believe that there was a smuggler bringing people across the river. And that's it. They say, you know, they talk about how this area could only be accessed by Border Patrol. I mean, that's probably true, too. But extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. If we have conservatives and liberal media filming similar things, like basically the same guy, I think they just caught the guy. I mean, that's the really it really is the easiest way to put it. Part of me wants to believe that it's true that CNN staged this, that that's because I have a general disdain for the media. But I think if I were to make the least amount of assumptions and break down, you know, the story to its root, I really just don't see the likelihood that CNN and conservative media staged this together. Sorry, that makes little sense to me. If these activists who are in favor of immigration genuinely want to believe that CNN staged this, you are saying that right wing groups staged it alongside CNN. That is absurd. The reality is there was a border crossing. People filmed it. Yeah, that's about it. Let me show you this story from there's there's a judge. The Washington Post says Trump's attacks on the press were bad. What this federal judge did was worse. And I'll point out something really interesting that I think really does debunk the angle from, you know, uh, that's that CNN was staging this. I think it was legit. Ruth Marcus writes an opinion piece for The Washington Post saying it's alarming enough when a president calls reporters the enemy of the people. It's even more alarming when words to that effect come from one of the nation's most prominent federal appeals court judges. And when he goes even further, calling New York Times v. Sullivan, the foundational ruling protecting press freedoms, a threat to American democracy. That happened Friday when federal appears appeals court judge Lawrence H. Silberman dissented in a defamation case decided by the D.C. Circuit to understand the significance and danger of uh, and danger of the Silverman dissent requires understanding Silverman's place near the apex of the conservative legal pantheon. At 85, named the bench by Ronald Reagan in 85, he is one of the two architects of the conservative legal movement. They point, okay, well, here's basically what he says. Silberman used the occasion not merely to disagree with the majority's application of the Sullivan test, a run-of-the-mill disagreement among judges. Rather, he proceeded to shred the precedent and to call for its overruling. It must go. Silberman cited the case. My friends, this is groundbreaking stuff. I'll break it down in a second. Then, sounding more like like aggrieved columnist than federal judge, he bemoaned at remarkable length and even more remarkable ferocity the dangerous and shocking liberal bias of the modern media. In fact, he points out that there is democratic hegemony, that these media outlets are all pushing the Democrat narrative, and there's only the New York, I'm sorry, there's only the Wall Street Journal, Fox News, and the New York Post editorial pages that resist these narratives. It's particularly interesting. This judge is basically pointing out the media absolutely is part of the Democrat ideological, you know, system. So I don't believe, I don't think that CNN would go along with a right wing staging of an event. Sorry. I think the activists want to believe it because they don't want to look bad. The activists pushing the narrative that this is a fake border crossing want people to think it's fake because the footage is shocking. The problem at the border really is bad. And again, I'd like to believe CNN's lying, but I think the reality is much more simple than that. Now, there's something else in here that I think is really interesting that we need to talk about. As the judge talks about, uh, you know, the Democrat ideological stranglehold in media, pointing out that Times v. Sullivan needs to be removed is rather shocking. 
My general understanding of Times v. Times v. Sullivan is that public figures, institutions, have a higher standard when it comes to defamation cases. If someone were to lie about me, let's say like the New York Times, has an article saying, you know, Tim Pool does X, Y, and Z. It's very difficult to sue them because of something called anti-slap laws. That's strategic lawsuit against public participation, but also the actual malice standard. Malice not meaning malintent, meaning you knew for a fact you were lying. If the New York Times says that Tim Pool did something I did not do, and I tried to sue, they could simply argue we genuinely believed it to be true. And there it is. I partly agree with this judge. I say partly because I'm not a learned scholar enough or a legal expert to know if we really should be getting rid of this uh, Times v. Sullivan precedent. But I've heard many conservatives say we should. Because then if you say something that is not true about someone, then you're responsible for it. And if you cause them damage, you're responsible for it. Now, I'm very careful when I speak about institutions and organizations. To protect oneself, you need only provide simple qualifiers. So if, I, if, if the New York Times says Tim Pool accused of doing X by person Y, you can't sue them for that, even if they got rid of Times v. Sullivan, because they're telling the truth. If someone accuses you, they can say that. Now, what they can't do is say something like, you know, Donald Trump literally did a backflip. They can say, we genuinely thought that video was of Trump. You can't sue them. They needed to, you need to prove they knew it was false. But if you get rid of Times v. Sullivan, then you could. News organizations would then be much more careful about what they claim, adding qualifiers to everything they say, like allegedly, reportedly, which many people still do out of fear of being sued. Right now, we are seeing a comeuppance for the media. Project Veritas has won a groundbreaking legal case. Well, I shouldn't, they didn't win the case. They've made a major move in their lawsuit against the New York Times. The judge basically ruled that in the case of Project Veritas, if the news is purporting to be fact-based, but then pushes an opinion, well, now they're, you know, now they're open for defamation because asserting it as fact when it's not very well is defamatory. That's something new as well. This is going to be bad for the media. I mean, they've lost the Trump bump. Their ratings are collapsing. This judge just came out saying Times v. Sullivan's got to go and the Democrats control too much of the media. Project Veritas has won a victory so far, getting past a motion to dismiss. Now they're going to put some New York Times writers under, I believe, under oath. It is it is not a good time to be in the establishment media, which brings me back to the initial story. Would they have staged this? Maybe not. What if it was staged and they just were useful idiots? Now, that's a possibility. But I'm not here to accuse conservatives of staging this. I'm sorry. I just I just don't believe in these grand conspiracies. It's remarkable. CNN and all these mainstream outlets can push insane conspiracies all day and night. I, I always say I just don't buy the ridiculous, circuitous plots that are pushed out by anybody, be it the Q people or CNN. We know there's a border crisis. We know it's getting worse. We know Joe Biden is screwing it up and progressives and conservatives are mad about it. So when we see a video of a, of, of a smuggler on the border, the reality is it's just more likely that that's the case. Sorry. I know a lot of people want to believe in the conspiracies. Now, could it be that CNN doesn't care whether it's real or fake? <laughs> now that I believe, and it would be a conspiracy theory to believe otherwise. CNN wants money. 
They wish Trump was back, but they knew they had to come out against him because that was their bread and butter. Well, as Trump is supposed to be launching this new social media platform, I'm sure they will be very, very happy to finally have something to write about again. In the meantime, I'll keep an eye on this story about this migrant crisis border crossing video. But honestly, I just think it's 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 legit. Maybe the guy knew that there were people filming. He knew journalists were coming down. And really, the simple solution is a smuggler wanted to make money. There's a heavy interest in transporting migrants right now because Biden is weak. They're putting people in hotels. And he also knew because of that, the press would be there. It's that simple. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast IRL. It is a live show. Come hang out. Go to youtube.com slash timcast IRL. Subscribe, and we will see you all then. There are many people who believe that if they just keep their head down during the culture war, they will be okay. Just don't let anyone see you or hear you and you will be fine. And that's not true. Eventually, they will come for you going door to door figuratively until they find your industry and your job. And then you lose that job. Now, many people think just throw your head in with them. It's the safer bet because they're the ones who control the cultural institutions. They're the ones who control the media. So just agree with them, right? And that's how you know you'll be safe. Well, right now we are seeing exactly what happens when you throw your hat in with a group that does not have rules other than bend the knee to the tribe. You see, the longest time the woke cult was saying that Asians are actually privileged. In fact, in many ways, they are more privileged than white people and have more privilege than white privilege. We saw this reflected in standardized testing, SAT scores, for instance. Asian admission into colleges. These are areas where the left actively discriminates. There was a lot of disparaging. There were a lot of disparaging words used by many of these woke people because Asians were not considered to be underprivileged or marginalized. And it it was such a a common trope that on the Timcast IRL podcast, we often jokingly refer to me or I do as double white. Because I'm Asian and white, so I'm, I'm double white, which means I'm double privileged. Well, something changed. Now we are seeing, once again, Asians are being considered a minority. And it's become kind of strange, actually. We had this big story about a Teen Vogue editor. Ten years ago, this woman, I believe she's a, she's a black woman. She's a, they, they call her a female POC. She wrote disparaging tweets about Asian people, and it's 10 years on. She lost her job as editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue because of this. James Lindsay, who is likely the preeminent scholar and critic of critical race theory, pointed out this could be a breaking point for the woke cult because we are now seeing a black woman lose her job for 10 years ago insulting Asians. It's really interesting to see this all catching up now with the woke cultists who thought they could speak with impunity. They thought they knew what the rules were. You see, for the longest time, you were allowed to disparage Asians. And now that you're not, these old tweets are coming home to roost. And these people are now going to start losing their jobs. They thought they were allowed to make these jokes because no one canceled them for it. Now they've come for themselves. It makes me wonder, too. In, I believe it was New York, there was a Stop Asian Hate rally, and they happened to have come across a Stop Uyghur Genocide rally. Now, many on the left are calling the people 
who are criticizing China, neck beards and things like that. But it does show a very interesting clash. China is absolutely jumping on the stop Asian hate bandwagon. Now, let me just point out before I go further. Don't hate people based on race, man. Seriously, is it is it is it that hard? Apparently it is for a lot of these woke people because, well, when they were deciding they were woke, they thought it was okay to insult people who they believed had more privilege. Then something happens in the news, you know, a variety of stories, one atrocity, actually. And now the focus is on ending hate crimes against Asians. To be honest, we should always be focused on ending hate crimes in general. We should be focused on stopping violence. But these people were allowed to be racist. That's the point. And now I can prove to you These people are self-avowed racists. They write books. They call themselves racist. They post racist things, but the media protected them. Now that the narrative has shifted, these old racist posts are, well, they're destroying themselves. I have a couple stories I want to go through. I have the story from the Daily Mail. San Francisco school board member refuses to resign for her 2016 tweets calling Asian Americans... (laughs) I can't even say this on YouTube. People, she called them people who embrace white supremacist thinking to get ahead. They say the entire senior staff of the San Francisco schools has denounced a black school board member's tweets that claimed Asian Americans use white supremacist thinking to, to get ahead. In her tweets, she also referred to Asian Americans as house disparaging term. You, you, maybe you don't know. I don't know. This is YouTube. I can't say these things. On Sunday, 19 top administrators to the district's central office condemned the 2016 tweets from the board's vice president, Allison Collins, according to the San Francisco Chronicle. The city's top elected officials, including its mayor, nearly all city supervisors and the area's state legislatures all called for Collins to resign, but she hasn't. The school officials said the tweets perpetuate gross and harmful stereotypes and leave no room for nuance or potential misunderstanding. Their statement addressed Collins' tweets that she shared on December 4th, 2016. It seems like this this uh, um, this black well, she, she's a, she's a teacher, black school board member was trying to get more Asians to join the woke cult. Her Twitter Twitter thread started with, hey, Twitter, does anyone know about any news stories highlighting hate speech or bullying of Asian students? Please send them my way. She said, I'm looking to combat anti black racism in the Asian community at my daughter's mostly Asian AM school. Many Asians, SNTs I know, won't engage in critical race convos unless they see how they are impacted by white supremacy. Well, she goes on to make several disparaging terms. It has now been five, uh, four, about four years, and she is at risk of losing her job over this. Now, you may have seen the story about the Teen Vogue editor. Check this out. The Hill reports forcing black teen Vogue editor to resign over tweets is cancel culture at its worst. I have to agree. I think it's insane and it's stupid. I don't think these people should lose their jobs for, you know, past offensive statements. Now, there is a big difference between this woman, Alexi McCammon, who 10 years ago said something dumb as like a high school student and this teacher who's a legit racist and racial supremacist. That woman probably should be fired because it seems like she directly violated, I think it's what, Title Seven, the Title Six. She violated uh, the 1964 Civil Rights Act. There you go. She should lose her job over this. She's still apparently uh, there, or I guess she's a board member. She should be forced out for violating the law. Now, we have a development in the Teen Vogue case. It appears 
The number two editor at Teen Vogue is also heading for the exit. This is really interesting. They say Teen Vogue's number two editor is leaving the Condé Nast title a day after Alexia McCammond, who was set to become editor in chief next week, resigned in a firestorm of controversy over racist tweets she made. Quote, I've been sitting on this announcement for a while, but today is my last day as executive editor at Teen Vogue. Working here has been one of the most rewarding, yada yada. The work we've done at Teen Vogue, Teen Vogue is historic. Yeah, sure. They say she is seen as one of the driving forces between the digital magazine's aggressive push into coverage of LGBTQ issues and the presidential election, broadening its readership beyond the makeup and fashion world. And she declined to comment uh, further on Friday. Her departure, however, did not appear to be tied directly to the turmoil surrounding McCammon. No, but I do highlight this as this news is coming around the same time. And what I think we're seeing with this woman leaving, they said she's one of the principal individuals who pushed them to cover some of these woke issues. Well, now she's leaving her job. Ratings are in the gutter for everybody. And if you don't adapt your business model, you will not survive. The woke thing is shifting. And that, that shows you how this ideology is not safe. And I, and I hope I hope all of you warn your colleagues, your friends and families. Maybe some of you know people. I, actually, you know, I'll put it this way. I know celebrities. They hit me up all the time, have good conversations. And they're like, I'm just going to keep my head down, bro. They will come for you. They come for themselves. They cancel themselves. This Teen Vogue uh, uh, fiasco resulted in the magazine losing a seven-figure advertising deal. They're canceling themselves. So I'll tell you this. We are watching them. There's two ships, okay? There's two big vessels, big battleships out in the ocean. They are hacking away at their own vessel. It is sinking. But there are people who are like, but I, I, I don't want to stick my head out. It's like, bro, we're all on a boat over here, all right? Our boat's chilling. We aight. If somebody who is a moderate, liberal, anti-woke says something offensive, then maybe they'll get canceled by the, the, the institutions. But there's a growing set of companies and infrastructure being built on this side, on this ship. And I'll tell you this, you, maybe it's more like we're on empty shores and we're looking at this big, beautiful ship that's going up in flames and there are people desperate to stand on it. So you may know these people. You may have friends or family who secretly tell you, colleagues secretly tell you, I can't stand the woke stuff, but I'm going to keep my head down. We're watching what happens. We are absolutely watching what happens. There is nothing you can do. Check this out. We got another really, really funny tweet. Josh Denny highlights this uh, well, tweet from a guy who highlights. Let me just let me just start over. Ellery Smith tweeted something very offensive about Thai people. She said homemade pod Thai. And then she makes an offensive reference to Asians and their pets, okay, when it comes to cuisine, if you know what the joke is. I won't say it because I try to keep this family friendly and, you know, YouTube doesn't like it. Suffice to say, this woman is a progressive who I believe she's a writer for Robot Chicken. She tweeted, remember when someone had their SNL offer revoked after using an anti-Asian slur and so many people thought it was an overreaction? Hateful language begets violence. Hateful jokes beget violence. They minimize and dehumanize and they allow for the normalization of terror. This woman, she, she, she works. She's a writer on Robot Chicken, I think. Maybe not. Maybe she is. I think I'm pretty sure it's in her profile. Seth Green is the voice of Chris Griffin on Family Guy. Quite possibly one of the most, uh, the hub for offensive comedy. My favorite is, um, 
uh, uh, Tara Strong. She's a voice actress. And she does a ton of racist voiceovers for Asian people. All of these people at the time were telling jokes that were culturally acceptable. They were allowed to mock Asian people all day and night. And they did. And now that the woke ideology has determined that, sorry, Asians are now a marginalized group. Oh, they're all going to get in trouble. There's a, there, there's, there's a ton of jokes on Drawn Together, which is a you know, Comedy Central cartoon, as well as Family Guy. In which the, this, you know, Tara Strong makes a very offensive racist stereotypes. She voices these characters to mock and belittle them based on their race. And like, no joke, straight up. I understand the point of jokes. I have no problem with jokes. You have Alex Borstein. Bor- is that her name? They, they there, there is, there, she, she does a, a ton of racist stereotype, uh, stereotypes as well. She quite literally has a character called Mrs. Swan, who is like an old Chinese woman who's really dumb. That's everything they did. Each and every one of these people in these industries who have refused to speak out and speak up against this, they are coming for you next. And we can see it starting with the low hanging fruit like Ellery Smith. Josh Denny tweets hilarious. And guess what? She won't be fired or dropped by her agents or any of the stuff because she's liberal and she's suckling at the teat. Cancel culture is and always been about bankrupting and removing conservatives from Hollywood. I disagree. Josh, I disagree. I get your point. And, and, and you might be right in this regard, but look at Alexi McCammond. She was she was writing unethically as a journalist to benefit the Joe Biden administration. They should have every reason to love her, but they don't. We then get this guy. Seth Simon says the people coming after Ellery are some of the worst pieces of ish on the Internet. I've been dealing with with them for 18 months. All they do is worship comedy's biggest racists and harass anyone who criticizes them. I encourage you to block and report everyone you see. Wait, 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 wait. They worship the biggest racists and harass anyone who criticizes them? Yo, Ellery Smith is getting criticized for being racist, dude. Aaron lies. But, but you know what? I think it's fair to point out. She's more so being criticized for making racist jokes while claiming to be opposed to racism. Tim Dillon says, Seth, Seth harassed a woman and Ellery Smith thinks... Thai people, you know, and their pets and cuisine. You get the point. These are your progressive heroes, a literal confirmed abuser of women and a hack racist television writer. I encourage you to hold them accountable. He says, also, they're both big time white. Oh, there you go. That's uh, uh, yeah. Let me show you this. This is really interesting. I can't tell you why this shift is happening, but I can tell you, you will get crushed. So. Seth MacFarlane, he has criticized cancel culture. I respect that. He's done, uh, you know, he literally, there's an episode of Family Guy where Brian tweets a dumb joke and then everyone tries to actually kill him and he's forced to move out of his house. So I can respect that. And Bill Maher has criticized this stuff too. I'm wondering when these people will boldly stand up as themselves and speak out and criticize the woke mob the same as we do. Otherwise, I'll tell you. All right. I'm a big fan of Family Guy. I, I love the show. It's a fun, long-standing show, and it's fun to put on. It's entertaining. I think I, th- I like Seth MacFarlane. What he's done with the Orville is brilliant. I think Star Trek was ruined by CBS. I'm a big fan of Seth MacFarlane. But if y'all don't stand up and speak out against this, Family Guy is on the chopping block for extremely racist jokes about Asian people. Already, we heard that Family Guy said they wouldn't make jokes about gay people. Okay, 
So you're basically admitting that you are at fault based on your own beliefs, and you're going to continue doing all of these racist jokes. They're all on the air. In fact, aren't they on Disney Plus? Maybe not, but I'm pretty sure Disney does own, uh, since Disney bought Fox, they own Family Guy. So now Disney owns one of the most, uh, I don't want to say racist, but one of the shows that has the most, like the, the most copious amounts of racial stereotypes. Okay, that's the game you played. I'm going to be over here on YouTube and podcasts. I'm going to be hanging out with comedians like, you know, Ryan Long, hilarious dude, criticizes this in basically every sketch. That's that that's much of his humor is pointing out the absurdity of this. He's the one who gets to stand tall. If you're not, if you haven't seen Ryan Long's comedy, you got to check it out because he calls out the absurdity of this cancel culture stuff. These other comedians, these comics who think that they can make all of these racist jokes or did and then not speak up. That's what I'm saying. They think they can keep their head down and they will be okay. They will come for you. Check this out. Nick Rowan tweets really wild stuff downtown. A stop Asian hate rally is clashing with a pro Uyghur drive by. The pro Uyghur group is is shouting F China. The Asian rally is responding by calling them racist. Wait, 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 wait. How is it racist to demand that Chinese, the, the, the Chinese Communist Party stop killing Uyghur Muslims? That's the case. Got a bunch of videos of this. They say trucks drove in circles. It says end the CCP. They're saying, look at this. The Chinese Communist Party killed 80 million people. They're not talking about Asian people. They're talking about Chinese communists. The outrage cycle is becoming a referendum on China. The East Turkestan National Awakening Movement is denouncing the drive-by protest. They say, we want to clarify that Uyghurs, East Turkestanis, are not racist. Our people are the victims of racism and genocide. Our conflict is, with, conflict is with China's state and the CCP. This event was not organized by us, nor did any of our members participate. We don't condone racism against any group. I have to wonder, is what's driving a lot of this the, a, a narrative from China? Check it out. Xinhua News tweets on March 21st, eight lives taken, six of them Asian, and the killer was just having a bad day. And they show the cop saying he was just having a very bad day. Well, as we know now, that was a rupar. For those that don't know what the slang term means, a rupar is when a journalist or an activist takes a clip out of context to make someone look bad or to spread disinformation. In this instance, this police officer apparently was was the victim of a rupar where someone took a video clip where he was saying this guy said he was having a bad day to make it seem like the cop was saying saying it himself, you know, in his own voice when he wasn't. He was paraphrasing what the guy said in an interview. This 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 guy who committed this, this atrocity. You can see the problem here. This cop got canceled, even though he didn't do anything wrong because he was the victim of a rupar. China is exploiting the rupar in order to push a narrative. Now, by all means, I don't think the narrative is all that wrong. The narrative specifically that, that, that there was a man who wanted to kill Asians. I do think we need to stop all violence against people based on race. I think racism is abhorrent. And I think uh, and anybody who wants to, to criticize racism, we can disagree on everything. We can agree on these things. I'll give you credit where I agree with you. The point I'm bringing up here, China will absolutely exploit this. Xinhua News is going to push this narrative as much as possible to shift the focus off of what they're doing with these concentration camps. I have to wonder to what degree their influence plays a role in the changing narratives. Who is calling out the CCP and the Uyghur Muslims? I mean, it's mostly the same people that call out cancel culture. 
Well, all of a sudden now you have the cancel culture mob endorsing the, you know, stop, stop Asian hate and, and calling out these, these, these crimes. And my response is, okay, finally, thank you. Yes, we should have in the first place. But now they're using it to criticize those who were calling out China, saying F China. Right, right, right. They're talking about the Chinese Communist Party, not the people. The people are victims themselves, oppressed by an authoritarian regime that maintains a stranglehold over, over their, uh, you know, over the, uh, their, their citizens. I have to wonder to what degree China is going to attempt to wield the woke mob. We, we heard this from James Lindsay on the IRL podcast uh, just about two, a week and a half ago, almost two weeks ago. He said that China is engaging, I believe he said this, China is engaging in, in political warfare. But there was a period where China used to make fun of the woke left. They, they call them the Baitsua. The It's B-A-I-Z-U-O, Baitsua. It means white left. And it's, it's effectively their word for SJW, social justice warrior. At a certain point, they stopped saying Baitsua and they started agreeing with them. And perhaps it's because they realized this faction was dominating in cultural institutions and destabilizing the United States. People are losing their jobs. That's damaging to our economy. Cancel culture is bad. We have no unified culture. We have disparate cultures that are fighting. It's called the culture war. And with that, we have a fracturing in the economy. Certain people are losing their jobs, losing access, and that is bad for us and good for China, the Chinese Communist Party, mind you. All of a sudden now, we're seeing Chinese state propaganda pushing the same narrative as the woke left, maybe even exacerbating, contributing, or directing much of it. I think it's fair to point out, the only reason, pe- the, the, the principal reason people are calling out stopping Asian hate is because quite literally there's been a spat of a wave of hate crimes against Asians, particularly as the, the, the coronavirus spread across the world, for sure. And that is the driving factor. Because of that, there are people who will seek to exploit the crisis, namely the Chinese Communist Party. That's what we must be watching out for. So I'll put it this way. My final thought. All right. You need to pay attention to those who would exploit a crisis to gain power. In this instance, we have Democrats and we have, well, in this instance, we have had Democrats with with wokeness. Now it seems to be the Chinese Communist Party. However, what we're really witnessing right now is exactly what you will get when you throw in your hat with these people. It is only a matter of time before they cancel you. So to my friends at Family Guy and Robot Chicken and any other uh, show that seeks to engage in racial stereotyping for humor. I understand jokes. If I don't like the joke, I just won't laugh or I'll watch something else. Certainly people are allowed to like humor if they like it. But if you do not come out and denounce what they're doing, they're going to cancel you. And then there will be no one left to speak for you because you know what? No one else is going to do it if you don't do it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. It's a different channel. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then.